0: Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new edition of the EK and Tent Talk. My name is Rob Howden, joined, as always, by David Cole. And this edition here at the Superkarts USA Summer Nationals, the final round of the 2022 Pro Tour Championship Sunday coming. We'll find out who are the national champions, the number one plate holders for Superkarts USA competition this year. Again, PSL karting, of course, longtime stalwarts of the North American karting scene. Uh, over two decades, they've been uh, part of national-level racing, both north of the border and south of the border psl of course so the biggest and the uh, the importer for the barrel art chassis and of course all the other components underneath that all the other sub brands as well uh david cole good to be here again we're at newcastle motorsports park we call it kind of our second home because we spend so many race weekends here each year but uh good to be here for the summer nets
1: yeah this is just the beginning yeah you know, this is the first of what i think is four for me for this year it is. so and all in the second half of the season normally we're here a little bit earlier in the year but uh yeah excited to be back at newcastle excited to uh, decide this year's champions in the
0: Supercarts USA Pro Tour. So we're going to talk a little bit about the drivers here that are part of the program here this weekend. Jordan Musser, of course, joining us here, multi-time Supercarts USA Pro Tour champion. We'll have Mark French joining us, Jake French as well. We'll see what other drivers we can potentially grab from the paddock area. They're still working behind us, wrapping up from Friday's practice. Uh, We'll also, again, talk to Mark French a bit about the Burrell Art brand and, and how it's kind of growing throughout the U.S., uh, Mark does a lot of work down in the state of Texas, and uh, there is a lot of Red Army people down there right now because uh, they have sold a ton of barrel art carts down in the state of Texas. Let's start with Jordan Musser, though, Jordan. Uh, for those of you folks who have watched national racing for any period of time, you know Jordan Musser, one of the legends of our sport for sure. Good to have you back here this weekend. You've won lots of championships in the Masters category, five in total, five, five. In total but you run a pro shifter this weekend what's the what's the motivation behind running against the the kids if you will
2: yeah it's definitely a new challenge uh for me it's to continue to get better Yeah, you know i think once you reach a certain point um even though it's certainly challenging at the front of the masters field i'm just not learning as much and i think you learn the most and you get beat yeah. you come home from a weekend and you don't win is when you learn the most and you uh see the biggest improvements to find and look for ways to be better so for me it was an opportunity to be a better driver i've been racing for masters for so long that i think i kind of maybe got complacent
0: you mean you don't want another reason season of just you and ryan can going at each other for, for a yeah whole season. yeah
2: <laughs> i mean also you know i'm going to be uh, i'm fortunate enough am going to attend the world championships this year That's in france to, yeah yeah and so for me i, I knew i need to do something different if i want to be competitive at that level because those guys are going to be as fast as the the top few masters guys at the world championships mm-hmm. will be as fast as a pro senior driver so i need to up my game and uh, already this weekend, it's been a huge difference. Really, uh, I've already worked on my driving quite a bit. As long as I've been doing this, I still there's stuff to learn. And I think I've improved uh, for sure even just today.
0: Well, I would have to believe, now, for those of you who may not know about it, we're talking about the KZ uh, Masters World Championship event that's happening. Uh, so a lot of drivers who, of course, have been Masters drivers and won championships around the world, thinking of an opportunity now to win a World Championship in a KZ Masters class. It would be such a different approach Jordan for you on a race weekend you would come in I'm here to win so if I'm 2 or 3 tenths faster I got to find another tenth I got to maintain where I am right now I got to make sure my tires last the entire distance and I'm good to go It's a totally different dynamic for you right where you are approaching the weekend and how much faster you have to get
2: Yeah you know I started off this weekend a second off you know and that doesn't happen now I expected <laughs> I mean we knew we knew that was going to happen that was the approach we were going to take but you know you go to a masters weekend and we're a couple tenths clear of the field and everyone else is trying to find yeah. A way to catch us. For me, we were kind of like mid-pack here in senior. So I've been slowly marching my way forward. And now we're about a half second off. I think if I hadn't made a, I made a pretty big mistake in the last session, maybe just under four tenths off, kind of three and a half tenths off, which is actually was kind of the goal for us. So we're actually kind of where we wanted to be, but I just want to keep pushing. And I mean, if you look at the master's times, I think we we're 1.4 seconds faster. Wow. So. I don't think I would have been that much faster than Crow if I was running Masters because I would not have had the drivers around me pushing. Mm-hmm. Also, there's something about having someone to chase and you make small adjustments to your driving that you uh, improve on that you can't see in the data. And the data gives you, is definitely important, but when you're right behind someone and they pull three feet on you, you don't see that in the data. You're talking thousands of seconds, yeah. but that's a big difference on the racing surface. So when I'm driving with, with, you know, French and, and Kremers always on the racetrack at the same weight with the same engines. I have no excuses. I mean, there's no excuse for not being just as fast as they are. It's real, yeah. and, and I don't give myself an excuse. I don't come back and say, oh, it's because I'm 41. I say, no, I need to get better. Yeah, yeah. And that's how we've gone from being, you know, say about a second off yesterday, we unloaded. Now to being just a few tenths off. Wow.
1: Yeah. Cause it's not like you've not been able to use their data in the past, but you've been at a different weight. So it's yeah. not exactly you can measure up because you're at a different weight than what they were when you were running masters. Now you're at even weight. And like you said, you're more of a visual guy on track. You can see exactly the yep. pinpoint kind of the spots where they're getting you or you're getting them. And it, as you said, it doesn't correlate so much on the data, but you you visually, yeah. you, you're more
2: of a seat of a pants kind of a driver. Yeah. I mean the section times we use data for section times, yeah. but it's very different. I can see much smaller granularity on the racetrack. I do yeah. use data a lot. Matter of fact, I think one of the big improvements over the last two years where I've gone from being fast to being really kind of the leader in the master's category, at least I try to be, um, is I quit using the excuse of the weight. And my target was always to be as fast as Jake, period. There's no excuse. And in a few events, especially some of the temporary circuits we got within a few tenths, and so that was kind of the goal then and now this is kind of the reset the goals and go for more.
0: I like that. So if you have any questions if you're tuning in right now live and not watching it this when it's recorded feel free to drop a comment whether you're on Facebook or YouTube. David's going to pick those up if anybody does have any questions. David can bring that in and ask Jordan or any of the other guests we have throughout the day. So let's talk about this KZ Masters uh, race going in. Is there anything else you're doing in terms of other than running pro? Are you doubling down on your fitness? What are you doing to try to get ready when you go to Europe to kind of be a guy that can run up front?
2: Yeah, fitness is going to be a huge thing. I mean, as I get older, it's getting much more difficult, that's for sure. Uh, I haven't raced since Orlando, which is kind of tough on me. Um, I've never been a big practicer. It's just the way my work-life balance has been. I just haven't had the time. When I can get away to go race, that's what I do. Uh, But I practiced every weekend. For one day, basically once a week for the last six weeks, which is something I've never done before. Okay. Well, and so I can tell a difference. Down, right? Yeah, I've, I've never done that in my entire career. All right. And so and I can tell the difference. Uh, I'm more consistent. Uh, when I enter, like even this race weekend yesterday, uh, I went in and I wasn't thinking about my fitness or I wasn't thinking about driving, I was just learning the track and trying to get faster. I wasn't just getting any kind of rhythm. I had the rhythm immediately.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, how about oh, yeah, yeah. there, there yeah, was yeah. one, one
1: question. What have you kind of learned over the last two days running here with Kremers, Pickett, French, and, and everybody else under the tent? Is there kind of one thing that kind of stands out over the last two days? Maybe.
2: Yeah. Actually a big thing I've learned, it's a deficiency in my driving. <laughs> I tend I tend to overcharge entries okay. and I'm leaving a little bit on the exit, Um, But that ends up multiplying down the next straightaway. It's a fairly odd. Everybody says slow in, fast out. Okay. (laughs) That's simplifying. But really, you have to be fast in and fast out. So I was a little too fast in, losing a little exit that I never really, I don't think I realized how bad it was. And so I had to really actually change my driving style a bit, change the way I rotate the car into the corners. So for me, that was the biggest difference in running with. The pros, let's say, and the master's drivers is the pros are getting better exits and carrying that down the straightaway. And it really is a big difference in driving style. Wow.
0: Uh, what's your expectation? For you, what's the success on the weekend? You know, where 20 drivers in the field. Where do you want to be when you leave you head home to Texas? Man, this was a good weekend for me.
2: I think we can run around 5th to 6th. I believe that's the lap time. I know that's the lap times we can turn. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of luck involved in there yeah. as well. Obviously being in the middle of pack where I'm at is going to be very difficult to survive. There's that piece, right? True. So I think the real goal is survive, finish top 10. Um, the go- the, the, we'd be extremely happy to finish around fifth. I don't believe we have the speed to finish higher than that. Okay. So fifth would be a win for us. Tenth would be a fifth in my mind. So that's kind of the range we're looking at being in.
0: If you're watching the race this week and one of the things you're going to have to deal with, like I will have to deal with is Jordan decided to go find two tenths of a second getting a custom helmet a custom paint job because you've always been the cue ball that's what that's been your kind of trademark the cue ball with the e new sticker on the front of it but now you got a custom paint job you said that so if you're going to go to europe to race you got to have at least a bit of paint on
2: it yeah i don't want to be like that redneck american showing up to the world championships with a white helmet on maybe i should have gone full on gone musgrave with the motorcycle helmet you know just really piss them all off uh it was funny. We were joking about it. I'm not sure which would be better: to show up with a nice helmet or show up with a white helmet and actually kick everyone's ass, you know? Uh, but maybe they'll probably just send me off into of the first lap out of principle. So, That's true. well, you do uh, have the American yeah. flag on it. I did. We made it extra big for
1: that reason. So, yeah, 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 that that might yeah. be a little
0: bit. Let's cap off our segment, with Jordan, with you. You've been on the Barilla for quite a while right now. You, what do you feel about the material right now, the, the change they've made over the last couple of years? Uh, are you happy with the, the, the cart the way it is? Does it fit into your driving style? I know you're changing it a bit now, stepping up. But
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I've definitely adjusted my driving style, but I think that's independent of the chassis. Uh, the chassis, uh, last year, had a. we made a big jump in stability and making the cart easier to drive. Obviously, Krimmer's won the World Championship, I guess, the year before that, but I felt the chassis was quite difficult to drive the previous five years. Okay. I struggled a bit. Uh, we obviously have a lot of commitment to the Burrell brand, so we stuck with it and helped learn. Um, and like I said, Kremers won the world championship. It was hard to say the chassis was bad, yeah, right. but I think it was hard to drive. So guys like me, maybe you guys that aren't professional drivers, were struggling a bit more. Now the chassis is way easier to drive. And I think that's why you see under this tent a lot more guys, and it's not just Jake going fast. Yeah. We have five guys that are all within three or four tenths, okay. And I think that's why I think the chassis is better suited now to a more average. No one's average at this race, but <laughs> a, a non-Jake French, a non-Kremer's type yeah. driver. Yeah. All
0: right. Well, I appreciate you joining us. Thank you so much.
2: Yeah, thank you guys very much. Thank you, Jordan. Jordan Buster,
0: guys, I've got to watch for sure this weekend. We'll see what he's able to do in the pro shifter class. Let's grab Mark French. Mark, get in here. We pause this show for a quick commercial break. Stay tuned for more here on the EKN Radio Network. There's a new hot button name in American safety equipment: Stilo USA. Every product with Stilo is focused on safety, comfort, and function. Kilo USA is happy to provide you with the proper safety apparel to keep you protected on the track and their karting lineup is second to none. The ST5 KRT Karting Helmet is available for $599. Manufactured using a lightweight and extremely strong composite material, the KRT provides an excellent fit and comfort level due to its dual density interior foam lining and it's equipped with a symmetrical visor that offers excellent vision and an effortless central visor locking system. The ST5 CMR standard was developed jointly by the FIA Institute and Snell Memorial Foundation to ensure safer and lighter weight helmets for the younger Carters. Drivers rave about the superior comfort levels, lightweight construction, and the unparalleled field of vision. The Perfect Youth Helmet is available for $549. Stilo didn't stop with their helmets either. The newly developed Carbon Curva Rib Protector is unlike any on the market, with its form fitting solution to offer superior protection. Head to StiloHelmets.com to review these and many more products to keep you safe on the track. Stilo. Any competition, one helmet. The Briggs & Stratton 206 engine is where out-of-the-box ease and outstanding consistency meet to create legendary races. Briggs & Stratton's history in motorsports dates back to when the first engines came off the assembly line in the early 1900s. Their focus on the grassroots level continues to help build generations of racers. Since 2008, the Briggs & Stratton 206 has gained a following that has the engine powering the largest fields in North American karting today. From the club level of track programs to traveling regional series and national events, Briggs & Stratton competition provides the most exciting racing in the sport. Engineered and hand-built exclusively for racing, every Briggs & Stratton 206 engine power tested and serialized before it goes in the box carters can take that engine straight from the box to their cart and be on the podium at the end of race day be sure to follow Briggs and Stratton Racing on Facebook and through at Race Briggs on Instagram to learn more about the 206 engine or to find the North American dealer near you head to BriggsRacing.com Briggs and Stratton Racing what powers you Thank you for listening to the EKN Radio Network. We now join the show already in progress. So again, Jordan Muster, as we said, uh, multi-time uh, Masters champion. Watched him win Rotax championships as well. Multi-time champion in the Masters category over the last number of years. He'll be one for us to watch. Any of the North Americans watching uh, the, over at the KZ Masters Super Cup, that World Championship event, that's going to be a ton of fun to see what Jordan's able to do over there. This guy here's been at the, t- the national end of the stick for many, many years, coming up with his son Jake French. If you've been around the sport for even a couple oh. of years, you know about Mark French and what he's done nationally Two, with, with Jake on the ranches.
1: Two thousand and seven, Colorado. Right? Oh
0: yeah. Yep. Centennial. Micro
1: Max, Grand National was that Champion. Minimax, Mini Max, sorry, Minimax. Mini Max. So
0: yeah, he had yeah, a couple yeah. more on years what? before that. What kind of were you on? Marget. On Marget. <laughs> that's what I
3: thought. <laughs> sorry, that's what I thought. You know, it's funny. I didn't even know the difference 2007. between thousand seven. I 2007. didn't even know the difference between castor pills. Like oh. like the, which way the caster pills went and we had a motor off of ebay it was, and 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 curtis with acceleration he uh
0: he did the motor for us he yeah.
3: did he yeah. did the motor for us and it was amazing
0: yeah that's 15 years it's crazy that's right? wild right you know? yeah <laughs> watching jake grow up through the entire yeah. time you obviously uh let, let's start a little bit with with working with your son we'll talk about that first then we'll come into the brand itself it's been. I know it's been a ton of fun for you because it's not something that we see a ton of in the sport of karting, especially at this level. I mean, at, at this level, we see it at, at the club level, of course, regional level. You know, the parents working on a kid's kart. but you kind of grew up with Jake. As Jake became a better driver, you became a better mechanic. You became a tuner. You really started to become to the point where you're at the leading edge of the industry. It's not like you're just a dad coming in turning wrenches anymore. Yeah. You're, a, you know, you're a wildly a widely respected engineer tuner. A wrench on a, on a, on a, on a cart. So that's I think a different thing for you. Obviously, you're right at the very top end, still working with your kid.
3: Yeah, I think I think a lot of that stems from Jake too. I mean, Jake taught me a lot of what he needed in the go kart, and then it was my job to give it to him. So I think a lot of it for me was learning with him and and growing with him and learning what he needs on the track, and then telling me what he needs on the track, and then learning to give it to him. And that that was that was the biggest thing for me.
0: Well, and that's it. It's, it's, it's having that good connection with the driver. And the fact that you've had, you're with Jake for so many years, you really develop that language. Yeah. So you step in with somebody else. I know you've wrenched on other people you know, over the years as well. Are you able to pick up that language? Is that the first step coming to developing that communication? So you both understand each other.
3: Yeah. I think that's the most important part is the, is the communication and, and getting, getting that right with the driver and then also understanding what the driver really needs to make the cart go faster. And, and for me, you know, being able to watch that on the racetrack and then and to pick that from the driver,
0: look at the data and then be able to make those adjustments and give them what they need. Yeah, exactly that. Now let's let's talk about the brand itself. You took a time with your wife, Gina, and yourself uh, ran the Texas Pro Kart Challenge for a yep. while. You were your race promoters for a while as well. Jake was still racing elsewhere. You moved away from that and. Now you're with Full Gas Motorsports. That's your program out of Texas. And I mentioned it off the start of the broadcast. Uh, you've added a bunch of soldiers to the Red Army because yeah. there are. It's a, Texas Red Army. The Tex- <laughs> Texas Red Hashtag- Army. I should have worn your shirt. Hashtag Texas Hashtag- Red Army. Texas red oh, it's growing hard. You have there are you have sold a ton of red go karts into yeah. Texas.
3: Yeah, and and that's that's really w- where I like to do. I mean, the, being at the at the club level, being able to sell the go karts, being able to see the smile on the faces being at the club races, and helping people achieve what they want to do, whatever level it is.
0: Yeah. And, and it's been so much fun. Well, that, you, That's a perfect word to the end. Cause Dave and I talk about fun all the time. Oh. I think a lot of the times we see this at the national level right now, people get so stressed about it. I don't know what it is. I mean, the money that's being spent, the expectations of being a professional race car driver, they don't have as much fun as they need to yeah. at, a, at a weekend like this, but club level racing, national level racing, it's, it should be about having fun.
3: It, it really is. And, and I'm going to give a shout out to Evan and Anna, uh, my latest customers, KA guys, they took them to the track before I came here to Indiana absolutely had a blast and that was by far, just still gives me chill bumps, you know, to, to be with them and, and see them grow. And, and then they went to the track while I was in Indiana last week, had a blast, carts are rolling well, and that's that's so much fun for well, me.
1: Because it's more than customers. It's almost like bringing in new family members. Yeah. Am I correct? Because, oh, you know, these, these carts are your babies and you bring people and then you you have that uh, that, that association, the feeling of watching them grow. Yeah. You know, kind of like what you did with Jake. You watched him grow and yep. become a driver that he is now. And now you can see a person come into your shop, buy a cart, go off in a couple of corners the first time they take it out. And then a couple of months later, they go out and they podium. Yeah, And like, that's yeah. probably one of the greatest feelings to have.
3: Yeah. And over the last couple of years, I've, I've seen that. I've had that experience go from club level to regional level and now national level. And even though they moved on to different teams, because my My mo is not to have a race team; it's just to help everyone that's on the Red product. But you know, to see them go to different teams and do well and continue to, you know, grow and as a driver and stuff, it's cool that I had a small part of that.
0: Yeah, Yeah, indeed. Let's uh, and let's talk about uh, how you want to grow the brand right now, moving forward. What what do you think the biggest things are are with Burrell Art right now and the way they're moving forward? Obviously, there's there's the sub brands, the Ricardo, the Leclerc. how do you see the brand moving forward? It seems to be growing on the national level. I know there's a, a, the, the PSL crew yourself. You guys are really doubling down in terms of, of getting the cart in front of the right people, but then having some success here at the national level as well.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think it, you know, just uh, if I look back at what Jake and I were doing, it, it boils down to support, right? So so for me, you know, kind of I've, I've taken a little bit of role with Burrell is helping them with the brand overall in the in the united states and and it's the support right so it's like anything else if you if you buy a car you want to know all about the gadgets and everything that works it's the same thing with the go-kart so you want to know you know the ins and outs of it what have you learned what have you not learned what's the best thing this best thing that so for us it's being there and being able to provide them the support and and what they need to achieve their goals whatever that might
0: be all right before we bring jake in to talk just about how the track is we'll talk more about the actual track itself let's let's hit let's, let's talk about jake's driving the last session but oh. i'll let him talk <laughs> <laughs> you know what no we're going to do this first then we'll segue into that that way yeah. we can really rip okay. on him. uh we're going to tap into your knowledge a little bit so obviously people watching this potentially are Borel customers around the country right yep. north america wherever it may be sure uh let's talk a little bit about about the chassis itself four cycle two cycle and the shifters Tuning-wise, what's the mindset you use on tuning the cart? Like, Is there a specific mindset that works really well for you with the Borelli? If it's pushing, do you do a certain thing? If it's loose, do you do a certain thing? Is there, is there some tips you can give potentially to, to the grassroots racer?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing for me, what I've learned over the years, and it, 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 I'll just, sort of just go across all chassis, <laughs> is being able to adapt to whatever the track situation is at that time. Knowing knowing if it rained the day before. Knowing if there was a race the day before. It doesn't matter really, you know, the cart manufacturer, mm-hmm. but being able to
0: adapt to whatever those conditions are. And is it not, Is it in that case, and is it not locking yourself into, well, it's doing this, so I have to do this with the go-kart? Maybe well, it's different because of the track?
3: Yeah, I mean, not not so much that, but I think what I see a lot of times is people get hung up on, as I ran X lap time last week, and I can't do that this oh, okay. week. okay. And their cart setup is exactly the way it was last week and they expect to do it this week. Well, what happened in that week? You know, so that's my biggest thing. And and Jake's been, I'll let Jake talk about it a little bit. He does a lot of driver coaching in Texas and across all brands. And I and even though I'm a Brawl art, you know, through and through, I still help a lot of people. But for me, it's helping them understand whatever those conditions are and how to best adapt for it, whether it's driving uh, cart setup whatever it is
0: i like it all right we're gonna go with uh, jake french perfect time when we do the podcast we'll do a commercial here right now go grab your kit for me will you all right let's get I'll a how's that cocktail by the way <laughs> <laughs> perfect i got another edition of our tent talk show here at the supercarts usa summer nationals getting a chance to talk uh with jordan Musser to start things off we pause this show for a quick commercial break stay tuned for more here
4: on the ekn radio network you want the best, you just got to roll with the best, Streeter Superstands. This is Jeff Wessel from StreeterSuperStands.com. You wouldn't put subpar parts on your racing cart, so why put that cherished ride of yours on anything but Carney's number one lifts and stands, Streeter Superstands? Streeter is the original and genuine manufacturer of the second-to-none Bigfoot rolling stands, stackers, uprights, and industry-leading Superlift. We also manufacture and sell the largest and always growing roster of trailer and shop accessories like tire, engine, and jug racks, cabinets, spray can trays, beat breakers, and tons more to outfit any size trailer team and budget. Streeter Superstands has over 30 continuous years of experience. Brick kart racers just like you and know that the Streeter name represents the absolute best in stands, lifts, and accessories for karting enthusiasts worldwide. Durability, affordability, unmatched quality, and customer service that's what sets us apart from the rest. Check us out now at StreetOfSuperSands.com. Roll with the best, StreetOfSuperSands.com. Powered by
0: technology, DID racing chains have a worldwide reputation for superior quality and reliability. Meticulously engineered and manufactured in Japan, DID Genuine Parts are the world's number one original parts supplier for Japanese and European motorcycle manufacturers. A rich racing tradition where results speak for themselves, DID prides itself on engineering the most technologically advanced chains on the market to help you excel on and off the track. DID's SDH pin treatment creates an extremely hard chromium carbide layer on the pin's surface that houses a soft inner core to absorb extreme shock loads. DID's 219 HTZ racing chain boasts this SDH pin technology, which leads to longer chain life, as well as excellent energy transmission to the wheels. Available in the gorgeous gold, the 219 HTZ is the ultimate racing cart chain. Pick up a DID chain at your local dealer today, because when winning is the only thing that matters, go with DID. Thank you for listening to the EKN Radio Network. We now join the show already in progress. Keep talking. I'm still talking. Oh, I see. Yeah, you, got- you, don't, you don't have
1: to stare at the camera, though, because I have the camera off right now. Right. Oh. So I, I was
0: hoping that that way it's a little
1: bit easier for the segue.
0: We'll bring, we'll bring Jake coming in here for sure. Is Harrison Mills still over there? We can grab him later, too, potentially. All right, let's uh, let's get the microphone set up here for Jake French. He's done a couple of these broadcasts with us. Welcome back, folks. We're here at PSL Carding. We've talked to Jordan Musser, as we said. Mark French. We'll bring the kid in here right now, who's no longer really a kid yeah, anymore. I was, I was no, a little, you're, you're that was a long. Not too much of a kid He brought up two thousand and seven. I did. You did. That's exactly like, that.
1: Yeah. Do you remember that?
5: Attack Nationals. Oh, I remember that. <laughs> I remember, yeah.
1: What, what's what's the one? Obviously, aside from winning, what's the one thing that kind of stands out from that weekend at, in Colorado?
5: Uh, one thing was probably, uh, just our program. You know, it was, it was in the time where big teams were starting to come along. So like MRP, um, Tony cart. I mean, it, it was, it was starting to grow. The semis were starting to come in and whatnot. And, uh, I'd only been carting really for two years, really a year. And, uh, we were just on the back of the trailer, eBay motor, um, <laughs> the eBay with the Margate <laughs> chassis that we, that, I mean, we had no idea really what we were doing. And, uh, I don't know, just kind of
1: so what, so what made out. you guys go there? I mean, if you guys didn't know what you were doing, what made you go there from Texas to Colorado? Uh,
5: well, because Rotax was pretty strong around our area. Okay. Um, we didn't really run any races besides Rotax Nationals, and we did Rotax Tax Nationals the year before, and uh, that was kind of our one one big race we wanted to do, and gotcha. that's Rotax. Tax. So was it's almost big. like
0: the runoffs. It was almost like yeah. your runoffs. Yeah, like your yeah, car yeah, car. yeah, yeah. But yeah. let's yeah. use this as an example for anybody out there right now who's struggling, you're brand new, you just got rolling with your son or daughter, you're coming racing. Invest the 15 years, and you can be a pro factory driver, essentially,
5: and one of the top tuners in the sport. If you put the time in, you can get it done, It, right? it takes a lot of laps. Lot <laughs> of laps. And, I mean, yeah, it's expensive if you're running tires and fuel and whatever, but you I mean you run the tires till they pop. I mean, yeah, you, exactly. you run the yes. fuel all the way down. You run 50 lap sessions, not 10. You know, you just keep going and going and going, sun up, sun down. Well, obviously,
0: Jake's been uh, in the top, what, three, David? How long has he been in the top three ranking? He... A long time. A long time.
1: Yeah, I just... mean, I mean, yeah, it was always number two last year. <laughs> That's right. still, so, still is number two right now. One of the
0: now. top two drivers in the sport, two, three drivers in, in shifter car racing for the last uh, number of years. You, your dad was talking about the fact you have transitioned to a lot of uh, coaching back home, uh, a lot of driver coaching, uh, different brands, whatever it may be. Uh, you mentioned being on, on the track, on used tires, beating the crap out of them. What would, if, if you were to talk to somebody out there, a club-level racer, what kind of tips would you give them? Is that it? Go to a practice day and run out of fuel? Like, just keep driving?
5: Yeah, um, for sure. You know, a lot of kids nowadays, they want to play video games or they go out there for a little bit and they run, you know, whatever, 40, 50 laps and then go home or if the parents want to go home, whatever it is. You know, there's not – I don't see a lot of kids nowadays, especially at the uh, local level or uh, even regional level, um that just don't really put a lot of time in. Yeah. you know they're not putting a lot of laps in um now there are some talent that's coming up you know fletcher and um young guns Cruz and zilch and all them they put the time in.
0: They is right that it? is that is that the differentiator you got to put the laps in you gotta, yeah, yeah you, you, well it, don't it, complain well, that you're not fast on the weekend if you didn't put a couple hundred exactly. laps in. exactly lap well
5: right? and they're in a go-kart every other weekend if not every weekend you know a lot of kids will just go to a race and only go to that race to drive a go-kart now, don't get me wrong, there's some people that want to be serious about it. There's some people that want to make a career out of racing. There's other people that do it just for fun. So there's, there is a difference between wanting to do it and putting the time and effort in. But also hiring somebody or getting somebody that knows more than you do to help escalate. If you're out of, you know, if you're plot out and you, you can't get anybody to help you try to find somebody to get. To go fast.
0: Yeah, we talk about obviously Burrell Art. You talk about the alan Rudolph Racing Academy. They have Burrell Arts at their program as well. A great place to go for coaching. You can hire a private coach or somebody in your area. If you got Jake, Jake right with you in Texas, that's a great call. So again, so give me so what, <laughs> I want to ask you this. So what is the thing that most grassroots drivers challenge? What's the what's their biggest challenge? What's the one thing when you get to the track you're like, Okay, we gotta work on this? Is it entry speed? Is it getting it's, to the back of the throttle? Is it the line? What is it?
5: Um, and honestly it varies a lot. Um, <laughs> I would Honestly, think breaking. I was just about to say that. <laughs> See, um, I could be a, it, it, a lot of it is breaking. Um, some kids they they over break, they over slow. Because a breaking, there's a lot to it. There's threshold braking, there's when to release the brake, there's how hard to hit the brake at, you know, initial, you initial break pressure, yeah, there's so yeah, yeah. much of yeah. breaking to yeah. to gain. Some people ride the brake throughout a corner when you don't need to. You know, there's so many things. But just like uh, David said, it's a lot in breaking.
0: Let's go, Come to the actual race weekend here right now. The summer nationals uh, track's been interesting. A lot of rubber going down last weekend in the in essentially the practice weekend race, the warm up race. Had some rain in, in the middle of the week. What's the track like now? You were out there for a full day today. What's your What's your thoughts on on the track surface itself?
5: Um, I've always loved this place. It kind of suits my driving style a little bit. But uh, grip's definitely coming up a little bit. We've uh, We've tuned up the Burrell machine a little bit. Made some fine tuning ch- changes. I think the chassis is really really good. Um, Still, Dominic and my dad is working on the motor, trying to get that program going. And uh, no, I feel really good. You know, we went P1 in practice four, we're top three in practice five, uh, used tires, new tires. Um, don't get me wrong. I think there's about six, seven of us that are really, really close. It's going to make things interesting, but I think we have a good package. What do you think about that old guy, Jordan Musser, running with you? <laughs> I think it's great. He <laughs> needed it. I mean, he's he's been out front for so long. He needs some – especially when he goes to – I think he said he's going to Worlds. Yeah. Um. He needs some banging. You well, know, he needs yeah. to stick carts around him, front him, and of him, back of him. It doesn't matter if he's 14 years old or 30 years old. Yeah. You know, he needs to be around it. You so. guys do a lot of practice.
1: Well, I, I don't know – maybe more so last year than it was this year, but you guys have doing done a lot of practice sessions. What's kind of the one thing you guys work on when you're work, when you're on track together in a practice session, in a test session at home?
5: For him, he, he treats practice as in he's getting laps in just to get laps in. Okay. He doesn't push himself. Okay. So one thing I always wake him up um, is to, dude, do you 100%. Drive, you drive 110%, yeah. wear yourself out. Instead of doing 150 laps at 75%, that's too comfortable because you've been out in the front and that's what you only have learned and done for the past five years. Now you have to run a hundred and or, I'm sorry, that same amount of laughs, but at 110%. Yeah. So push yourself.
0: He's got to, he's got to break out of where he's been.
5: Yeah, exactly. Winning all these yeah, championships. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Well, I think mean,
0: he's doing it. He's doing what he needs to do. He right did a pretty weekend. good job there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yep. awesome. Uh, overall, on the weekend, you're pretty excited about getting back to this one. This is this, like you said, you like this racetrack. It's yep. a championship weekend. It's gonna be a big weekend. That's oh, good.
5: You now, unfortunately, I'm, I think I'm too far out of the championship. We didn't have a good run in NOLA, um, a couple of hiccups in Utah, but, um, that just means I, I'm gonna push myself harder to get some wins. You know, I need That's I need it. some wins on the resume. So
0: what about uh, November? Let's talk about SuperNets real quickly before we wrap up.
5: Um, I am excited about it. I'm glad we're back at the Rio. Yep. I really really like that parking lot. Um, I'm gonna be honest. I really really hope they change the layout, and a lot of people agree with that. Okay. Um, the layout's a little too short. It's not great great for racing, especially shift to racing. Um, if they change change the layout, I think we'll see more shift racing. See if
0: there. I can put a put a word in for you.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, uh, and that's one thing because a lot of tracks they're built either for shifters or they're built for single speeds that's because I, I think that's kind of the difference yeah, yeah. in temporary circuits. Yeah,
0: yeah, we've had that before, right? We've had some tracks when you, oh yeah, we'll do the track walking. Everybody walks out and they're like, "This is for shifters."
5: They, they need, racism. they need to take a note in the layouts at Westgate. Those are great. You like the Westgate? Yeah, the, the, Westgate right? the Westgate layouts were were balling. Which one did you like better? The first or the second? The second well, one? three? A longer. Yeah, yeah. Second one well, was, was long. Huge, it was like minute lap, lap times. Yeah, lap it was. It was. But it had everything you could ever need. And a great passing opportunity. Okay, well you
1: can't take that one because, remember there was there was uh fifteen and sixteen, both on that smaller side of it. You yeah. know, the, remember the one we had the one eighty as, as the turn one, that yeah. was not exactly the funnest. No, funnest was, no they had to
5: repave yeah. that, I think. Yeah, that, and then and then
1: I think the second year they they instituted that ninety, the big sweeper. The
0: one we kinda yeah. had, we that, still had that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So
5: I, I would I would yeah. almost I, a lot a lot of shifted guys, even the guys from Europe said the sweeper's not it's not the way to go. They didn't like yeah. that
0: one-two last year. One-two-three with it, with the, with the big left-hander than the two hairpins.
5: They they like the hairpins, but they said it's too dangerous
0: for the sweeper. It's pretty. Fast. So
5: it's yeah, it, it's, it's yeah. Pretty, all
0: right. But, all right. Well, it's good. To know. It's good
1: input. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to know. David, anything I, else? Um. No, nope, nothing on here.
0: No oh, questions. Hold on. What we got?
1: What key piece makes a shifter layout? And then the same towards single speed. So there you go. There so you. what's the key? So obviously not. None of those ma- massive sweeping yep. corners, for sure.
5: So, yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, it can have sweeping corners, but a lot of tracks tend to have kinks before a corner. It could okay. be a hairpin, 90, whatever. Um, with the kink there, you can't do anything. Because you go it's into the kink an and then you run go right run It's
0: got to be an open it's run. It's got to be hairpin. an open run-in. Okay. And
5: unfortunately, like at some of the uh, some of the previous layouts, it's just there, there's always a kink right before, or there's a short run-up, or there's a fast corner, and then you're going into a hairpin, so you can't really get a run. Um, it just it needs more of uh, more of kind of hairpin more heartbreaking okay. more of able to get off a corner well um, to set up for the next corner and then somebody if they get off better they can get under you in the next corner so
1: well i mean i talking with a shifter guy he said they love the rock vegas layout for yeah. shifters compared yeah. to supernat's layout for yeah. shifter it's, it's a
5: little too simple right. but that track hands down the uh, parking lot wise has been the best racing track I've ever seen. Four shifters, yeah, okay. and and uh, single speed. Okay, wow. All right. So it can get hectic, but it makes for great racing. Because <laughs> you can It's can't... like
0: we need some of the components of NOLA too. That's, uh, we, anytime you have to have that open, the open run yeah, to get exactly. in the corner, you yeah, yeah, dive down the yeah.
1: inside. Those, those are
5: the best corners yeah. there, I think. Yep. So we just need a big yeah. Sweeper. I mean, like the the track at Supernats, you have that long sweeper, and then you go into turn one in that braking zone. You can't hardly ever pass in that braking zone. Guys you're coming out of a sweeper and then, and then you're going straight down, yeah. I mean it's just you can't. There's no run up to the corner or anything. Okay. All
0: right. So interesting. Yep. I think we need to do what we did back in the day with Shifter Car Illustrated Magazine. We did a thing called Shifter Town, where I grabbed little segments of the tracks everybody loved and kind of put them. Yeah, all together. yeah. I think I remember. That. Remember that? We got to yeah. we got we to we see if we can talk to everybody, grab all the little components of the tracks you guys like, and get that well, in, in yeah.
1: the nets. Well, okay, what's the one track you would put in the real parking lot if you could? No, don't worry about size, but what would be the one shifter cart? Car track. car track
5: Newcastle. <laughs> yeah, Newcastle's up there. But uh No I would say NOLA is really, really good. Yeah, okay, so that that's, that's a great is just, yeah, yeah. The long straightaways so there's, there's a lot like the fir- the no, last Denton, sector in the first right Oh, yeah what if we yeah. did Denton? Oh yeah. I, mean, I don't know about that. <laughs> I love it. Well folks Ask about that track. Oh, <laughs> He's gonna, gonna hate it. That's probably his worst where track of all time.
0: We're going to wrap things up here in this edition of the Tent Talk at PSL Cardiff. We do appreciate you joining us, folks. Great to have uh, Jordan Musser, of course, one of the uh, multi-time champions of supercarts, USA Racing Rotax, as well, and the legends of our sport, Mark French, who's essentially turned himself from uh, a Carter's dad into one of the most respected tuners in the paddock as well. And then this guy here has been uh, very top of the uh, shifter car driver rankings for many, many years, Jake French. Thanks for joining us, but I appreciate it.
5: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, guys.
0: We're going racing this weekend, folks. Uh, Friday's done. Saturday and Sunday, full-time racing. Hope you guys are going to join us throughout the weekend. Otherwise, you're listening to this or watching this live. The podcast, of course, coming on the ECAN radio network. As with all of our tent talks, you can find them on the ECAN YouTube channel as well. Thank you so much, folks. I On behalf of Jake, David, the other guests, I'm Rob Howden. Bye for now.